Hey everybody, this is Sensei Anthony with the Real Friday Podcast, um, April the 7th, Good Friday for those of you who believe in such a thing, uh, wishing the best for you, and for those who don't, wishing you the best anyway. Let's jump right in. I want to talk about the impracticality of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Now, a whole lot of people just got a little tight around about the sphincters when I said that, but let's look into it, okay? Now, a lot of you, if you're old enough, you watched the early UFCs, you probably saw some old Gracie's in action videos, and you saw a bunch of matches where um, Gracie's jiu-jitsu practitioners and Gracie's themselves took down fighters from other disciplines, literally and figuratively. Now, if you notice that those fights, most of them that did not have a gi, ended from the mount position, not the guard. So while the guard is presumably, arguably, and maybe even truthfully a viable position to which to defend oneself from the street, I really challenge people to look into the number of videos that you see on YouTube, for example. Check those videos out about Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in street fights. And look at how many of those fights end with a submission from the guard. Now, you may find a small smattering of some triangle chokes from high, high level practitioners, but for those who practice Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and use it in a street confrontation, it's probably a rear naked choke. In some situations, it's punching from the mouth position. There's some uh, arm locks from the top, Jujigatame and Judo. But you don't see a lot of finishes, if you will, from the guard in real street fights. And again, I mean fights, not matches. What the Gracies did in Gracies in Action and in the early UFCs were propaganda-type fights. Now, they had to fight those fights and win, but those were fights, not a self-defense situation. There were matches, really, if you want to get more particular, which means they had rules a referee and somebody making sure that no one pulls out a weapon and stabs one of the combatants or kicks them in the face while they're on the ground or something. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, as I've understood it from a number of high-level practitioners, they say that if you end up in the guard, the first thing that you want to do is lock down a person so that they can't strike you and then try to sweep them or get out from underneath them so that you can re-engage with a more likely opportunity to be on top. Because as much as jiu-jitsu practitioners say fighting from the guard is a neutral position, no, it's not. The asphalt, the concrete, the inability to protect yourself from additional combatants, that makes it a negative. That makes it an um, impractical position to be in. Jiu-Jitsu is excellent in certain environments in a one-on-one guaranteed fight. It's disastrous when there's more than one combatant. It's disastrous in places where ground fighting is not um, practical. Henzo Gracie, one of the legends of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, in a fight, he shot a double-leg takedown on a guy, and he, you know, choked the guy out, but he also cracked his patella. Is it worth it? Probably not, especially since there are other ways to achieve a clinch and a takedown. 
you have to look at what sport the sportification of Brazilian Jiu Jitsu has done to the art itself. The sport has evolved in leaps and bounds. The self-defense art, hardly at all. And if you ask yourself why not, it's about the practicality of the techniques being used, okay? Now, if someone tackles me, my first thing is going to be to lock them down and use the guard in the way that Hoist taught in the early days. When my cousin trained with Hoist and I subsequently trained with them, um, with him, the one thing that you learn is to cup a person's chin from the bottom so that you don't get headbutted, so that you can control their neck, so you can keep them from biting you. All of these things, but the goal was not to sit there and work your guard magic. It was to snatch a quick choke if you could and get back up if you couldn't. And too many people now find themselves saying things like, oh, I'm comfortable in the guard because I have a good guard. That is not a smart plan. It is impractical and it will get you hurt. That concrete is not the same as the uh, canvas of a mat. Asphalt, wet grass, any of these things which make your ability to perform some of these movements less likely if you're pinched into a corner, all of these situations make jujitsu, as is largely practiced, to be extremely impractical, and I'll even say dangerous from the guard position. And for all of you guys that start talking about Eddie Bravo, and that's why he created the 10 Planet system and the rubber guard and all that, yeah, uh, that's gonna work for the people that are really flexible and or really young. I guarantee you, like my friend Adisa had mentioned once, shout out to Adisa the Bishop, um, I guarantee you that a whole lot of people that do rubber guard now will wish they had learned the meat and potatoes style closed guard and open guard so that they have that to fall back on. There's a whole lot of rubber guard specialists out there that are going to have terrible bread and butter, meat and potato kind of guards when their flexibility or their knees fail them. Jiu-Jitsu, as it's practiced now, is doing exactly what these strip mall karate places, these strip mall taekwondo places, these strip mall kung fu places, is doing the exact same thing. It's leading them to believe that the techniques that they know are more valuable and more practical than they are. If you don't believe me, come for me. I'll be waiting with you and we can discuss this out. I'd love to speak on it. Check me out at thomasmartialarts.com. I'm on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, Twitter, all the places where you find stuff. LinkedIn under Thomas Martial Arts, Thomas underscore Martial underscore Arts. But by far the most important thing, of course, is to please be kind to yourselves and each other.